The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. You'd have to, if you've got a cat, though, it'd have to be a completely indoor cat. Because as soon as it goes over I that fence. No, that's oh, what I keep yeah. telling Chris, yeah. and I don't like indoor cats. Like, <laughs> Because I don't want it in my house messing stuff up, but cats are indoor cats. <laughs> it's going to be inside your house messing stuff up whether you like it or not. I know, but I have a child doing that already. What do I need? And and also I think about the fact that cats sometimes would like like waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go, I'm hungry, I want to go outside, like do this. Do. I'm like, dude, I need I've to already, poo. I've, <laughs> I've already had a child. I don't need another thing in the house waking me up early. That's my thoughts. <laughs> I don't but. know what Cecilia did to Ghost while we were away, but she stopped uh, waking me up in the morning. Like, just, oh, yeah. No, really? we found this last time because you're a heavy sleeper. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm very heavy. So sometimes I would wake up and I would – the Ghost was meowing and I wasn't sure how long she had been meowing for. But I noticed that when I was here this time around, nothing. So yeah. I'm not sure what it was, but, yeah. Oh, or she was, and I just couldn't hear. I'm not sure. So she's going to be a terrible mother. <laughs> 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 Whoever you end up with, if you have kids, kids that, they're going to be the one waking up, probably. Because I will just pretend that I'm asleep, even if I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I have done that before with Chris because oh. I'm mostly the one who gets up. Yeah. Just, and sometimes I'll just be like, I'm. I'm just going to pretend I'm asleep and so I have to put on the louder breathing <laughs> the louder breathing well you know because when you're awake you don't breathe quite as loud and when you're asleep you've got that special like bit louder breathing not snoring I don't snore <laughs> everyone snores but okay just, like the more relaxed <laughs> I don't know well should we should we start the show we should uh, apparently welcome Have, to yeah. tangent city people the uh the show on the general pop culture network that's uh all over the place we're gonna talk you know spoilers and apparently kitties and uh and did i say kitties or kitties i uh, kept both maybe kitties, yeah, both. kitties yeah. and kitties <laughs> statistically speaking yeah, yeah yeah uh and uh yeah so all over the place but i think we've got uh the the, the topic of conversation uh on this show is uh, Marys. There's something about Marys. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we are going to go into a bit of spoiler territory, so I will do this. <gasps> do it. Ooh, fancy. That was quite royal, was would that? you not say? Ooh, I thought you were going for oh. the universal theme. Oh. oh. How does that go? Ba, 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 ba. I got it. <laughs> it's very hard to do it with just that one tone. But, I uh, can't actually see that universal thing without thinking of Pitch Perfect with their like, oh, oh yeah. Ba, ba, ba. <sighs> yeah, anyway. I think the universal logo, and, and coming from a Disney person, this is a hard thing to say, is probably one of my favourite like logo for a, a film company. I used to like the old Fox one. It's changed, I, I think, but the 20th oh, the, century Fox. Yeah, with the... Dr- dr- yeah yeah. yeah, 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 I used to like that too. That was the lights. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember that <laughs> That's a good mime, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great mime. Mime's awesome when that it's like a, Vogue. an audio <laughs> thing. I just like how the oh, Universal yeah. ones evolved over time. And they yeah. get the world and then they change it for certain films, like, as you said, you know, Pitch Perfect. and Because uh, they... Um... <gasps> Potter? No, Scott Pilgrim. 
Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay. They changed it for Sp- Scott Pilgrim. Pil- Pilgrim? Um, Pilgrim. I think it was pixelated or something. I was I was thinking about um, uh, Despicable Me and the Minions because I'm pretty sure that they do a, a, a different logo for that. I don't even know if I've seen that. Oh, I've seen Despicable Me, yeah. but I haven't seen anything after that. The oh, Minions okay. movies. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, uh, the reason we mentioned Universal and, of course, Disney as well is because Mary Poppins is a, a Disney film and Mary Queen of Scots is a Universal film. So it's, uh, you know, the, these these are two films that we're going to be you know, talking about because we've uh, all of us have seen uh, Mary Queen of Scots uh, and everyone except for Cecilia has seen uh, Mary, seen Mary Poppins, Poppins. Sorry, guys. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, in case anyone, this is your first time to see the show. Hi, I'm Lewis. I'm Catherine. I'm Rachel. I'm Cecilia. There you go. Now you can match voices to, to people. Uh, yeah, so. That's a genius idea. That was very clever. What was that? Because well, it's very confusing when you're listening to like audio and you're like, especially we've got three females mm. with similar accents. I think Cecilia and I sound similar sometimes, sometimes when I listen to we stuff. Do. I must say, mm. sometimes when I listen to Unscripted, unless I know, like, if I come in midway through the show, like, you know, I'm listening to it live, unless I know particularly that one of you has seen a movie or something, I have to listen really carefully sometimes wow. to work sometimes out which one's which. even I will listen. I'm like, is that me or Rachel? And I'm like, oh, that's me. Or it's <laughs> Rachel, which weird. is weird because I should know my own. And we don't really sound alike. No, no. I don't you, think. I don't think we sound alike either. But when I listen to it in an audio format, I'm like, we're, we're both loud though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it is. But, yeah, we, we do sound similar somehow. I don't mm. know. Lewis, you sound quite different to all of us, so that one's an easy voice to pick. I can start speaking with a different accent if you would prefer. No, she's right. That's not necessary. <laughs> no, no. Although you do do some very, very good accents, so if you would like to pick an accent, no, I, I wouldn't. No, it's fine. I, I do like have to, to maintain it for the whole show. <laughs> Forever. I could, <laughs> I could possibly do an English one the whole way through. I read the Gruffalo to Bryce every single night, and it's in a British accent. Oh. Imelda Staunton, actually. <laughs> So really, yes, because she did the 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 they did a little cartoon and she does the narration. Oh. So I I channel Imelda Staunton. So give us a, give us a, give us a bit of Gruffalo then. Yeah, um, a mouse took a walk through the deep dark wood. A fox saw the mouse and the mouse looked good. Oh. That's brilliant. <laughs> that was so good. I should do audio books. <laughs> I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Helps to not be dyslexic because that's my problem. So if I'm reading a book for the first time out loud, I often read things wrong. So I like the Gruffalo because I read it like a million times. So I always read it correctly (laughs) because I've read it a lot. Bryce isn't going to know much different at this point. I don't know. He's almost memorized it. So he finishes off a lot of the sentences, which is is quite good. Stop reading Gruffalo. (laughs) I can't. He demands it. I need to read what he requires me to read. Anyway, let's talk about – shall we talk about Mary, Queen of Scots first? I think we should. Um, we should be proper. We should be proper. Where, where is my tea? Oh, shivers. Um, it's all right. I don't drink Who tea. Who are you, the queen? We really no. should have had tea. We really should have had tea during this. We should have. Uh, actually. Yeah, oh, and actual proper china. I've got proper china at home. Like English China, bone China from England. English bone China. English bone China. Should we pause? Wait, do they like grind up bones to make it? I don't know. I don't know where that terminology comes from. But it has like a little made in in England 
thing on the bottom. They're like heirloom So it must be stuff. important. I, I could yeah. make some tea because no. you guys could start talking about it. I could make tea because our, our kettle like has a, the, the a whistle sound. It's really cool. Oh, I have that Oh, actually, do 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 that <laughs> just because it's – yeah, I don't know. But I who do it? does anyone actually drink tea here? Yeah. Yeah. I do love like the fruity tea or tea with no milk. I don't like milky tea. No. Uh, I, I get free my, – my father-in-law, I make his tea when he comes over to visit and every time I make it and I'm like, I cannot understand how anyone would drink this. He has two teaspoons of sugar. I love you, Phil, but two teaspoons of sugar in tea, like, no, mm. sacrilege. And then he likes it really, really white. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not even tea anymore. Just a biscuit? I know. Oh, it just grosses point. me out. Green tea is good. I love green tea. Yeah, I like green tea. Mm. And there's some really good flavoured teas. That Christmas one that you mm. found mm. from T2, that was amazing. <gasps> I think I've tasted that. That's it's good. almost chocolatey. It's bizarre. And speaking of chocolate, um, you know how Neve um, is part of like Sulu's Chocolatier? They make a cacao tea. So when they um, make chocolate, um, the husks from the little um, cacao beans, they keep them and then they kind of roast them and then you can make a tea out of it. And it tastes like chocolate and apparently it's got all these like magnesium and stuff like that mm. in it. So it's really good for you. But it tastes amazing. And I just make like a little, I've got like one of those little Turkish kind of coffee oh, makers. I so I just tea. fill that with hot water mm. and it's really good. But I don't have any here. It's at work. Soz. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like Rui Boss, like uh, choc mint tea. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's from T2 and it is very good. Mm. This is totes, not a tea. <laughs> we uh, already podcast. got off tangent. Uh, yeah, people are tuning in. So I don't know quickly. why you would tune in halfway through a podcast, yeah. but they're like, I don't remember signing up for a tea podcast. <laughs> uh, there probably is. There's a podcast for everything. So there probably is a podcast about teas. Have you just found one? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. But I was just thinking like it'd be really cool if people like, because I know people listen to podcasts sometimes to fall asleep and someone's like listening to us and they wake up in the morning and go, mm, must go to tea too today. <laughs> <laughs> they probably fell asleep within the first five minutes. <laughs> probably. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> now, Mary Queen of Scots. Getting back to that, the okay, the, the thing I found interesting with this film with um, Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse, Saoirse? Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. Um, okay, so Saoirse Ronan plays Mary, and she was born in England, but then I don't know if she was born. No, in England, she, she was born, born in Scotland. So born in Scotland, and then she moves to France, marries a French dude, like moves to France when she's a kid. No. Marries the French heir to the Sorry, throne. Yeah, marries the French heir to the throne. Uh, he dies, and then she moves back to Scotland. Uh, and her intentions is to be the Queen of Scotland until Queen Elizabeth dies. At which point, she wants to be named the heir of England, so she would become the queen of both England and Scotland. Mm. Um, the thing I found interesting with this film, okay, if you were a kid and you moved to another country where they speak a different language What's and with have the a different accent? accent, how does she come back with a full-on Scottish accent? Well, I don't think her accent is full-on Scottish, to be honest. I, I, I don't I, – I think she probably still practised her accent um, while she was away, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes she, people, when they've got an accent like that as well, because Scots, like, back in strong. those days, it would have been a different way of speaking. It wouldn't have been – I wouldn't have thought, uh, like, it wouldn't have been just, like, a Scottish accent. It would have been, like, you know, this way of speaking. Mm. So the words that they would have used would have been different. Well, it would have all been old Like a Burns Eng- night or something. Well, not old. Well, when did old English kind of 
say aloud because I'm just wondering if I mean yeah they were spoken completely different anyway she was five by the time Mm. she moved though she so that's enough time to get an accent and some and I mean she moved over when she was 14 and she came back when she was 18 Um, oh oh, no sorry so she moved to France when she was five and then she got married when she was 14 whoa Whoa. Oh, I, I don't. Uh, maybe they got married when they were fifteen, but they were both fourteen <laughs> when they made such a difference. difference. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they were both France? the same age? But I think they ended up having more of a brother sister kind of relationship oh. in the end. But he died, and she and she was only eighteen, and she came back. It coincided with her mother dying because she was the queen consort. Is that what they're called when they're kind of taking care of? The, That's right. The, the throne, throne until their kid comes of age. Yeah, because they sent her away because the the um, Brits were trying to get her to marry uh, Henry's son, uh, Prince Edward, who died when he was sixteen. So that oh. marriage wouldn't have mm. lasted very long either. Jeez, so they she wanted wasn't to really good with the men, was she? <sighs> she wasn't. She had trouble with men. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth decided she didn't want any of that trouble with men and remained the Virgin Queen until she died. Or did she? It was interesting. I don't know. It was interesting in this film, though, that they introduced like a, a you know good gal pal, so like good guy pal of Queen Elizabeth, who they seem to have some sort of a romantic relationship. But I mean, this again, I think any of these. Are you talking about David? Yeah. Oh no, you're talking about Elizabeth's partner. Robert? Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robert. Robert, I think something yeah. Dudley or Doodley mm-hmm. or Dudley Do. But it's, it's interesting though because I always wonder just how. Like, I'd, I'd love to. I'd checked out to see if there's a Hollywood versus history on this one because I'd love to know the you know what we know as fact and what they've actually uh, just dramatized for this film to make it a bit more interesting. Because all the time I've ever seen Elizabeth, it's always kind of been a you know she is the Virgin Queen and you know she just you know kept to herself and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of weird to see her in like a relationship with a, guy, with a guy and her being like, you know, she wants it but she won't allow herself to have it kind of thing. It was an interesting way of do, doing it. I think she really understood what it was like to be a woman in charge in a man's world mm. and she knew that if she got married that whoever she married was going to try to take over the throne and then she would produce an heir and then what was she? Like she's just technically the queen but probably with no powers and then you know if she has a son that's who's going to be in charge so i think she felt like she was going to just lose her position so she just chose never to get married and not to produce an heir and she always knew that who if mary had a child that that would be the heir because technically um mary had possibly more right to the throne anyway because she was the granddaughter of henry the eighth's sister and there is a lot of argument with the fact that uh, Elizabeth might actually be a bastard child because she was the child of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. and they weren't married when she was born. She was the mistress and then he um. wanted to divorce Catherine, I think was the the wife previous to that, yeah. and the Catholic Church wouldn't allow him to do that. So he went, I'm washing my hands of you and creating my own church and then I'll just get divorced that way. So legally – they were divorced in England, but in the eyes of the Catholic Church, they were never really divorced. Therefore, is Elizabeth really has does she really have a right to the throne? So there's they're both dealing with these really interesting concepts where people in England are questioning whether really Elizabeth is worthy of the throne, and then people in Scotland because um, because Mary has been away in France for so long, is she really? Um, does she have a right to be 
sitting on the throne because she's been away. What does she know of our people? So there's a lot of uproar when she comes back to Scotland because she's she hasn't built any of these relationships with these men. And so people just want to overthrow her the whole time. But she's also a woman. Like both of them are women. Yeah. And I can't think of any other examples of where there have been queens in their own right. Like mm. queen consorts, sure. But like have there been any other queens? I do not know. I feel like Scandinavia. Oh, so, sorry. In oh, in, just in England. England, yeah. yeah um, oh, good question. I don't. Yeah, was, I don't know my history very well. Yeah, because it was um, uh, what was what was her name? Um, uh, Victoria. Afterwards. Oh, afterwards. Oh, you mean yeah, before? Yeah, I'm talking about before. Oh, oh. okay. I see me. It may have been the first time because mm. the Tudors were Henry VIII was there for quite a long time. I yeah. think. Well, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny though, I think, because we're we've all grown up in an era where Queen Elizabeth has been the queen uh, for a very long time, and Prince Philip is Prince Philip. He's not yeah. King Philip. Mm. Yeah, that was, and that's the thing is, like you were saying that um, if um, uh, if uh, um, who, who was it? Sorry, if Elizabeth had had married, married a man, he would, he become, would become the, the king. king. Yeah. Which is, did they change the rules? They that? did. Um, Queen Elizabeth is the first one to be married to someone and he's just a prince, not a king. That's the first time that's happened, I'm fairly sure. And if you, but if previous to that, she ha- her father was King George, mm. so that didn't matter. And the one before that was a was the heir of the mm. throne. So I, I, I don't know when that rule changed, but it, it changed for Elizabeth anyway. What but was Albert? <clears throat> Albert was a prince as well. Prince Albert. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so Victoria, uh, Victoria's mm. husband, Prince. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So it was. And I think there that. was a bit. The of only a reason thing I know that. it's Prince Albert is because it's also a piercing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, yeah, he was German. He brought all the Christmas traditions to Australia, uh, to, to, to England, because they did the Australia. tree and all that sort of stuff, and they were the first ones to do a white wedding dress. And yet I love the, the Victorian stuff. Didn't happen. No. Christmas pickle. What's no. a Christmas pickle? Uh, well, in in. Uh, Epcot in um, Walt Disney World, they've got like each uh, each of the different land, different um, uh, pavilions because they've got all these. You know, they've got uh, uh, Germany and Italy and Japan uh, and uh, they've got Australia. Uh, they've got all these other world showcase pavilions. In the German one, in the uh, gift shop, they've got the Christmas pickle, which they say the German people hang on their Christmas tree, but the German people are saying, "No, we don't." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that from. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. There's some very weird Christmas traditions around the world. And then there's oh, like God, the yeah, Christmas he's... pooper, like the Christmas dude who poops in stuff. And What? I I've can't remember. never heard of the Christmas pooper. I don't think he's officially called the Christmas pooper. Oh, Lewis is getting <laughs> online. Google the Christmas um, pooper. <laughs> he just poops in people's stockings? Like, um, what? I, I forget. Is None that what of- you're saying? I absorb information and then I remove most of it and I'm only left with the bare minimum because my brain only contains so much. So I just have useless information that's so useless because you can't really recall exactly what it's referring to. He's just a menace that every Christmas he like goes into people's houses and leaves a poop in, in the stocking. There's lots of weird Christmas traditions. <laughs> that is weird. Totally not talking about Christmas stuff. But um, anyway, so Mary, Queen of Scots. What is the, hang on. What is the... Cagnia, the defecating Caglin Christmas Thank you. figurine. Yes, there you go. I knew it was something. Is it something new or is it something Is old? it German? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. 
I didn't mean it like that. I just mean, is it German? It just says, so take a wander around a Christmas market in Catalonia and it won't be long before you stumble across a Cagnia. This bare-bottom pooping figurine is considered by many in uh, Catalonia an essential figure of the traditional nativity scene with attempts by the government That's to move right. the Cagnia from public nativities, causing widespread controversy. <laughs> I have no what idea what that is. is. Barcelona. Spain. Barcelona. Spain. Barcelona. Okay, so it's not an actual person. It's just a figurine. Okay. I love that we hit the spoiler bell for the Mary Queen of Scots, and, and we haven't spoken about it. about it at all. <laughs> we have spoken about it. We, we did a long thing, and then you talked about a Christmas poop, and we had to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ignore that fact. Okay? Turns out it's not German. <laughs> oh, well, there so you go. it really just focuses more on Mary's story, and Elizabeth's just in the movie. You felt like that. I felt like it. Yes, it was Mary's story, but I felt that Mary, um, that Elizabeth's role felt quite pivotal to me oh, like okay. it, well I suppose I I felt um you know I guess she's dealing with um being a female ruling in a man's world and I really felt that mm. and I almost felt like all of the decisions that she oops that she made um weren't really made by her they were all advisors who were telling her stuff and you know so the in the end um, like you don't really get into the Babington plot, which is why um, Qu- Queen Mary or Mary Stuart was executed. She really was very uncomfortable about signing off on that agreement and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I, they, she's, Elizabeth has been painted in history as this really horrible person, but a lot of these letters that have come out um, between the two of them, she, I think she they understand each other more so than what people thought. I think that that was portrayed in yeah. this as well, like yeah. the way that they refer to each other as dear sister and stuff like that, not just like acknowledging their actual- Or whether that was just being polite in letters, like what is that, passive-aggressive? Oh, <laughs> yes, passive-aggressive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You got that a little bit in the meeting, the bit of a passive-aggressive You did. Thing. Both women were, I think, trying to out- kind of outplay their power mm. but in a passive aggressive way it wasn't too you, the dialogue was passive aggressive mm. but they were both quite reserved when they were speaking but you could feel the tension i suppose because back in the day they weren't going bitch please i'm in charge <laughs> well that's true and then there's also i think we, we talked about it on unscripted was the fact that a lot of critics are up in arms about this film because that meeting never happened but again, I think it was absolutely necessary for this film to happen. And it being portrayed as a secret meeting, who is to say it actually never happened? So This is true because you, it's very hard to dramatise letters going back and forth. I was going to say, let's check out the CCTV and see what really happened. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that scene was the strongest scene in this film, along with uh, another scene uh, was when Elizabeth was in the barn and she – was looking at oh, her shadow and yeah. she was standing there and she had, was it a blanket? or No, a, I think it was, no, it was just, just a skirt. Her skirt, a skirt. And she bundled it she, up. Yeah, bundled it up and looked down and it looked as if she was pregnant in the shadow. But then obviously you could see that in her face that she was quite sad. So Yeah, she really, I, I walked out of this feeling that they were real human beings. I think before I really, like they were always real, but they're also, they're so far back in history that I couldn't connect with them as a person, mm. whereas I watched this film and I really felt so sad for both of them because they've both got really hard lives and 
I just think of poor Mary, the stuff and spoiler bell just in case. I mean, she she had her first husband die on her, her second husband murdered, the third husband basically kidnapped her and raped her. Um and then she got imprisoned and then she got her head chopped off. Like she didn't have a great life and then Elizabeth has chosen this life for her to stay in power. So she's giving up love, she's giving up the possibility of being a mother. Um and she's be- she's grown hard over time because she's got no choice but there's underneath there's just so much sorrow and and loss of you know what could have been it's this both very sad people yeah and there's the scenes of course with guy pierce i can't remember the character's name um where he's like an advisor yeah did we establish that yeah and there's the the talk where she's you know i'm practically a man anyway and, Mm. and that kind of thing so i think i appreciated that he was like you know us men so yeah. he understood what she meant by that and i think i think there there was a fine line of being an advisor and being controlling like i think he was sort of doing the both yeah you know like controlling the situation and also being the person that she could depend on but as well as being like i know that the kings and queens they're born into those positions but it's political so you're always mm. going to have people around you trying to influence decisions and mm-hmm. that kind of thing that's how it goes with power you know it's no different than our prime minister he's going to have people that are going to be influencing him whether it be lobbyists or whether it be other political people so i didn't really see that as any different mm. what i did see was different was where they were trying to say you should marry and i think that <laughs> I honestly think that she was just stubborn and um, decided not to. But then that scene that you were talking about, I think that she kind of regretted being so stubborn. And then, of course, she had the smallpox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my God, the makeup for that smallpox and the scarring afterwards. It was amazing, wasn't it? Because, you know, you go from having two very – like history has noted it like they're very beautiful people Mm. i mean they had access to all the nutrients that they needed so that probably helped (laughs) they probably had access to baths on a regular basis and clean clothes and bedding and all that kind of thing but you know you've got um two people that were you know very very good looking or at least they were portrayed to be in their wooden portraits or whatever (laughs) they were painted on those days and then you have someone that's just so devastated by the pox and that white makeup that she chose to to put over the top, which was heavy in zinc, um, not zinc, sorry, lead. in lead, um, which oh. led to her hair all falling out. She basically suffered from lead poisoning. Mm. So that was real. The the white she actually wore that. So yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just a again just trying to make it more dramatic for the film whether it was actually that white. But no, I, that's but, historic. And okay. it's so I think mm. if this doesn't win for makeup, like you know, you think of the things that get nominated. Like it's not, it's hard to make. There's a few things about the makeup which was amazing. One of them is the white makeup that you can see is caked on and it's. It's cut. And not quite, like, covering everything yeah. so you can mm. see a little bit And it of... goes flaky towards the end yeah. as well. Like, it started out not that too That conversation, bad. so the meeting that they had. Because she's all yeah. sweating yeah. under yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And then, yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's just a fascinating. It is. And then the other thing was the scarring, like you said. Like, the scar... Like, it's one thing to put the smallpox makeup on because that's like, ooh, wow. But the simplicity of just scarring like all the little red marks on her face and stuff like that it's you have to not overdo it because it has to look natural and it was yeah so well done 
But then there was oh sorry, cat. No, I was gonna say it was it was a little bit um Deadpool as well. (laughs) Like I thought I wonder whether they actually used some of the techniques that they used in Deadpool because obviously he was quite heavily scarred, like his whole face and everything. Mm. Because it didn't look like she was wearing a mask. It still looked like it was her skin. It yeah. was so subtle. Mm, it was. But it did look like she had those sort of like those divots. divots. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And um, it was just fascinating to watch her every time she came up on screen. Mm. Mm. But then again, Lewis was saying the other day about the earrings that mm. – um, was it Mary had them? Mary had them. And yeah. I, I – yeah, straight away I saw that. I was like, would, would they have worn that? And um, I think you mentioned they, they didn't or – Well, Kat did the, the research on that one. Did you share the article on your show? No. Okay, so there was this article about the earrings um, and um, I think I found it they on... They said something about it being a, a design thing that, look, oh, well, it looks cool, so let's yes, do it. basically. Okay. So um, there's an article on thecut.com um, and it was, did Mary Queen of Scots really wear all those earrings, which... Actually, I'm going to – there was a little bit – I was just like, oh, I don't quite understand that because I, I was, got really excited when I read this line because we were just going into the movie. I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then I was a little bit disappointed. So it was – um, it's the article starts off, when I first watched the trailer for Mary Queen of Scots, filled with candlelit lust, hushed intrigue, and Saoirse Ronan yelling in a Scottish accent, I found myself with two persistent thoughts. First, I really wanted um, Saoirse Ronan to yell at me in a Scottish accent <laughs> – and but mostly, I was struck by a small, particularly particular accessory of choice. I can't read. Sorry, um, the five silver hoop earrings in her ear. Now, I didn't hear her yell once in that movie, so I was devastated that that didn't happen. Yeah, she sort of yelled a she little got a bit, bit angry. Yeah, but, but she, she never yelled. Yell. I thought, like, I thought, oh, they've oh, like killed. Full on. You've rung the spoiler bell. They've <laughs> they've killed that nice boy. And that was completely unnecessary. She's going to unleash all her red-headed rage now. And she didn't yell. I would have loved to have seen her release some rage at that scene because that was an absolutely brutal scene. Oh, I know. The sound design. I had to oh. literally cover yeah. my eyes. And I probably should have covered my ears because that's where it was most effective was the, mm. the actual sound of these knives going into this man countless times by countless people. It was just horrendous. And, and the fact that her oh. husband had signed off on it oh, and then God. wouldn't admit to it the coward because he didn't want to admit that it was his lover. It wasn't yeah. Mary's lover. I wonder if that's historic, whether – I mean, obviously – Whether he was homosexual or <clears> – Well, <throat> whether he had that – yeah, I guess. It must be historic, otherwise they wouldn't have put it in there. But to have Mary with this – she did have this secretary, David, who was basically, you know – one of his handmaiden type. Yeah. Was, yeah. Don't, I don't think that's the right terminology, but um, one of his ladies in waiting, he's almost like that. And, and um, yeah, to have him oh, brutally murdered in front of her. And, and so history shows that that happened at in front of her at a dinner table. Um, was it because they were alleging infidelity? Um, they, I think it was, I don't actually know exactly why they did that. I think that they just thought he was too close to her. Mm. And it doesn't make sense because they want to overthrow Mary and then they're killing him um, so that people don't think she's having an affair with him. No. I I don't. So they in the movie the reason was given that David had control over, um, was it James that was her husband? Yeah. Um, So... Uh, he like they saw um, that David had control over the husband. So by getting rid of 
uh, David, yep. then they were going to better be able to control James. James and they were going to be able to get rid of Mary and then have a king yeah. consort that they were going to be able to control. Right. I think whatever they did was just trying to ruin her completely. Oh, and yeah. to do that when she was pregnant, which is historic, they did that when she was pregnant. So, and and in front of her at dinner time, like just traumatizing. And yeah, like you said, the the sound of yeah. all the all the knives mm. and I can't imagine like how huh? and when I I mean I don't know how accurate it is but in the movie there was the part where she was holding on to him or protecting him yeah mm. and then you know when they threaten her baby she she moves away yeah and um yeah that is just sad but, but it goes to show you how powerless like they are as the, the monarch because mm. you'd think they'd have absolute power. And they could say, no, you're not going to do this. And mm. they wouldn't do it. Mm. But it shows that. Because it's political. They had the numbers they could yeah. therefore um, overrule her. Mm. I don't think it would have happened if it was Elizabeth. I think it happened for Mary because maybe it's a more violent kind of way that they're living. And also she's been away for so long. So she hasn't developed any of these strong relationships with these men who are in charge. They see her as the person who's just coming in and saying, oh, well, I'm ch- in charge where her half brother has been in charge for, for all these years. So I don't know. Like you think queen, she can do what she wants. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I actually was really surprised when that happened. I was like, Wait, why aren't you stepping she's a in? Woman. But you know, it, it kind of makes. But she sense had no now. physical power. Exactly, she was pregnant, and exactly. she like it didn't show her of having any training in the field. Okay, she went out when they um, went to cut off the rebellion. Mm. She went out there, and she might have dressed in armor, but there was no indication that she had any ability to actually perform in the field. And mm. in those days, it was all about like getting out there and cutting people down. Yeah. And, yeah, she was no Joan of Arc in that respect. True. Um, anyway, going back to the earrings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wonder how that might affect, um, like, Oscar nominations and things like that because overall, like, it was magnificent and you think – because did it win a Golden Globe, the makeup, or was it nominated for – I, I, no, I don't think they it was do. at least nominated. Do they do makeup in Golden Globes? Yeah, they sure. do a costume. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I, or I at least have a feeling I've read that it's def- probably going to be nominated. I just wonder how something like that would affect – a nomination because I don't not know. Historic, I mean, the, apparently the designer um, Alexandra Byrne said that the earrings weren't based on fact, um, but they weren't out of place in that time. Okay, so she was inspired to give a, give them um, give the earrings to her based on a painting of um, it was Maria of Portugal, Princess of Parma, which makes me think of ham, um, <laughs> and it was painted by Antonio Moro. And so that was painted in 1550 and she's got five gold hoops in her ear. And maybe I should post this to the Tangent, um, Tangent City. City Facebook. But if you guys have a look, it kind of looks like that painting that she posed for. You know, there's that moment in the movie where she's yeah, holding that ruffle that's around. Right. And so she used that because it was kind of from around that time. And it did look quite strong and striking. So I yeah. think it was probably, while it might not have been historically accurate to that character, it's I think- something that. It, it's a possibility that yeah. she could have worn them. I like them. Like, I think they looked cool. I thought it was, yeah, it was, like, mm. a little bit funky and... Yeah. yeah. She, had, she had the five in one ear and then just a, a drop just, earring in yeah. the other ear. Hmm. 
Mm, which she's is cool. She's cool. <laughs> they, they were trying to allude to the fact that she's just a cool chick. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing I found interesting, we spoke about this on uh, Unscripted as well, is that uh, you know there were so many. Uh, you know, there was a bit, a bit of diversity in the cast as well. You had like black actors and Asian actors, and I, I just wonder how if that was accurate to the, the time, or if that was just a decision they made that we'll just put you know uh, the, these actors in. Which does, if that is the case that they just did blind casting, it does concern me from a historical point of view that you know if people watch these films and take them as fact. Do people start believing that back in the day that it wasn't that bad for black people? Exactly, yeah, yeah, or, or that you know Asian people could be the handmaiden of the queen, mm. which I just don't know if that was would have been the case back in the sixteen hundreds. Shakespeare was around um, that time. That time wasn't it? Fellow, yeah, that's what like I went to as well. Mm. And so I just wonder whether like there were like Ada was saying that um, when there was they more were, diversity, they were. Probably slave, uh, not slaves. They were servants, and they wouldn't have had um, jobs in hire. Uh, they wouldn't yeah. have had those kind of advisors. So the emissary positions. that went between Elizabeth mm. and Mary probably was not. He like, seemed to be quite um, higher, like he was a lord or something. Mm. Yeah, and that, from what Arta said, it sounds like it probably wasn't the case back mm. then. They they mostly were servants still. Not slaves, but you know they all had. I liked his portrayal of, of the characters. So I at, did too. At the same time, like I know it might not have necessarily been historically accurate, accurate but would it have been like would, would it have been a better movie if it was just some white white dude? In I that enjoyed role? seeing diversity, but mm. I I suppose like Lewis is saying, if someone younger who maybe doesn't isn't as historically informed as as us, maybe would look at it and think, oh well, you know. It couldn't have been that bad. Mm, they were in mm. charge of big. They were lords and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I understand it from both perspectives. So, um, on a whole, you know, I really hope that Margot Robbie gets a nomination for this because I actually think she outacted Saoirse Ronan, and I didn't think that was ever going to be the case. I think Margot Robbie was phenomenal. Really, you don't think she outacted Saoirse Ronan? I think Saoirse was good. Like, she's always really great. But I just thought that Margot Robbie was incredible with the the stuff that she did. And I explained it on, on Unscripted yeah. where you, you know, when you get to know somebody, you think they're putting up a wall because they're trying to hide this, this insecurity behind that. And I felt all of those emotions uh, coming from her. Like, mm. you know, she's trying to show strength, but behind that there's great weakness and loss. Mm. And I felt that. So I think mm. she did a marvellous job. For less screen time as well. Yeah. Mm. She, she mm. did have less – well, it felt like she had less screen time she, to Yeah, me. she and definitely did. Personally, I felt that – I had to mull it over, though. I had to go home and think about this. But then when I thought about it, um, I did think that she had more of an effect. Mm. Um, but I think they were both great. But, yeah, no, just for less screen time. Yeah, um, she did great. And I do agree with your, um, you know, the wall, the wall theory. The wall the theory, wall that's theory. right. So um, are we good with Mary, a Queen of Scots? Well, I, I agree. I think it was Margaret, Margaret Robbie's best role to date. Yeah. Uh, in, in that, uh, you know, you, you really didn't see Margaret Robbie. You saw Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, that was the only thing that I found striking mm. about it. But she had a lot of makeup. I honestly think that it was more down to makeup than her performance. Really? I, d- I don't think that anyone could have screwed up that performance. They gave them so much airtime. There wasn't a lot of 
like in terms of being able to give those expressions I think it was down like I mean her performance was good but I don't think that there was anything particularly outstanding about it and I don't think that like overall there was anything particularly outstanding about this movie there's a lot of critics saying that Margot was miscast so oh, really? a lot of people do agree mm. that she was miscast whether or not because she's I suppose she's she doesn't really have that historical look about her. Like, I think some people have a Well, they real... had to fix her nose up well, for they it. Did, well, yeah. not fix her nose up, but they had to fix Make a piece worse. to her nose. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But Sorry, Kat, I think I interrupted you again. No, no, no. I keep um, interrupting you. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I was just sort of... I disagreeing. Didn't think that it was... Like, it was good. I think... I the... didn't not like it, but um, I don't think that um, it was particularly outstanding. And I think that... I think some of the the scenes were actually a bit over the top, like the scene where she's got the pox and she runs out. Oh yeah, that that scene I felt was over the top. Like I don't see that Elizabeth would be that over dramatic, mm. but I think the scene that I really appreciate sick though she was. We all get a little bit like that. <laughs> I think the scene <laughs> that I appreciate her in is is the one where they meet the secret meeting. Yeah, yeah. There's also that one where she's doing the flowers. Oh. And she's completed it. Why? And then show she's that? like, "I oh, said so I liked it because oh. to me that gave away a little bit about her personality and that maybe she was a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm. Um, and that's a real interesting character trait to be a perfectionist because you can be two types of perfectionists. You can be like a good perfectionist where you achieve things, or a really there is no good a perfectionist. Dan- <laughs> yeah, and then there's a dangerous form of perfectionism where you procrastinate because it's like nothing's ever going to be good enough, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's, to me, it's interesting to see mm. that scene because it, it felt like it gave a lot of way about her. It also probably just was an indication of they've got nothing better to do. Well, that's true. It wasn't like she was actively out there touring around the countryside meeting her people or anything like mm. that because that just wasn't what you did in those disease-ridden days. She just was holed up in a, con- a castle until she needed to sign off on a bit of paper. And that's, that's what true. women were taught to do back then was to learn the arts, learn to read, um, you know, do some crafts and stuff like that cause all- and learn to sew because, you know, eventually you're just going to be a mum. That was um, one thing that I want to touch on with the Mary side of things. I got the idea that she couldn't write because she got David to write that letter to Elizabeth. She dictated it. She did. That's right. And I'll, she I, maybe like, it couldn't kind of sparked a bit of a thought. She probably could speak English but couldn't spell English because she could spell French. Oh. That's right, because she goes to him, do you understand? Oh, I don't know, French. Yeah, is your pen, yeah. is your hand as good as your French? Yeah. Which I actually thought, because I didn't know anything about him as a person. I mean, I know a little bit about like the um, Stuarts and stuff, but not a lot about like that time mm. from her perspective. And I thought it was going to be some sort of a like a weird come on or something when she said that. Yeah. I was just like going, wow, where's this going? Oh, he needs to write a letter, right? <laughs> I do have yeah. one more question to ask you guys about the film as well. How do we mm. feel about the ending? Because this was somewhat... 25 years later 19 she, 19 when she's executed oh i suppose that's not she looks exactly the same they've they've not aged her where they probably could have aged her but they aged elizabeth i think yeah. that was to do with the fact that they did that uh, the elizabeth talking, talking over the talk, over. Yes. top saying you never aged yeah you're you always look the beautiful same, you look the same mm. to me yeah no i got and i thought that worked really well Mm. I think if they had it without the the talking over the top, it would have been bizarre. But I think the fact that they threw that in and were like, you know, 
you look the same as you used to. And yeah, sometimes like, I think aging in films looks worse. fake. Any, yeah, it looks worse, especially with Sersha because she's quite small as well. Like I think as you age, you tend to your body changes as well. If that mm. makes sense, and you look different. I don't know. Frumpier. Sh- let's face it. Yeah, look, we yeah. hit thirty. I, we just get. I a didn't want to say frumpy, but <laughs> no. But you do. Your body changes. Yeah, it you does. go from being. You know, because she's quite. You know, she looks very, she very young. Forty-four or something. Yeah, when she got her head chopped off, so. she was incarcerated. But she was incarcerated as in like she was a forced guest at a yeah. place, and so she was still able to like get Ride out and about and yeah. you know, okay. but she wasn't really imprisoned until the last. So she probably year. had a healthier lifestyle in some ways than Elizabeth might have. You know, she wasn't caking herself in. In lead. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's what we do nowadays anyway. We put poison on our face still. <laughs> still I always think when I put of. makeup on, like, putting on my clown face, and I don't even really wear that much makeup, but I always think it's kind of funny that we put stuff on our on our face and, like, lipstick on our lips. Like, yeah, this is it's just ridiculous. bizarre. I know. It is ridiculous. <laughs> still do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a bizarre concept. Yeah, I question it. Um, I, I like it when I, I see women on Facebook put look, not wearing any makeup and go, Clearly, you've got like eyeliner or stuff like that. Yeah, but that's not makeup. It's just like, <laughs> no, that's just makeup. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I was watching Bird Box yesterday, which we'll talk about in the next episode, I think, a little bit. But she's, it's like an apocalyptic type future. And I, it's clear that she's still got mascara on and a little bit of eyeshadow. It's like, <laughs> if I was like fearing for my life, I don't think I'd be stopping to look in the mirror to put on some mascara. That's just me. I thought the whole concept was supposed to be that they weren't supposed to look at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got a blindfold. No one can, on. like, did it with no, no one can see you anyway. Like, what's? Oh, no. I know you're going to ruin your mascara as soon as you put on the freaking blindfold, woman. Oh dear. Should we move on to Mary? The next Mary. Yeah, the next Mary. Are we, are we How gonna, long have we gone? Because we've gone no, like right. forty over forty-five minutes on this one. Okay, so we'll just do a quick one on, uh, on Mary. I just wanted to touch base on it oh, anyway. Yeah, because yeah, I think people are still out there seeing it, and I think that um, can't give too many spoilers away. Not nah. that you can really. Because I think it's one of those it. really neat movies that you can go and just experience. Mm. Surely everyone who's going to see Mary Poppins for the first time has seen it by now, though. I think. Well, you've oh, so you've seen. <laughs> yeah. Cecilia's like, yeah, I Except didn't want to tell you guys, but I've never seen me. that movie. Yeah. See, I just and you also have, still haven't seen Infinity War. See, Did you watch it while you were house sitting? Okay, no. But <laughs> you had homework to do, so, and okay. you didn't do it. So here's Shame. the thing: like, if I'm gonna, I see we see a lot of movies throughout the week that we go and see. Yeah. For what we do, and when I go to the cinemas, it's always going to be or to watch movies. It's going to be to see something that I want to watch. I know that's hard for your ears to hear, <laughs> you guys, but like, I don't know. Like, I went uh, to I the would cinemas. Agree. I went to the cinemas last night. I mean, I could have seen Mary Poppins, but I chose to see something that I wanted to really see. What did you so, see? Horror. Glass. Glass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is true though like we if if i don't see a preview which is quite often these days mm. i tend to miss it and then you know i don't get a chance to go and see it and pay for it to go and see it you know mm. like i just don't what have saying i mean there's a lot of stuff that if we miss it it has to be something that we really 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 want to see yeah. to go and pay and see it yeah would you not agree yeah but the i, I find the thing that like oh we miss mary queen scots should we go and pay to see it no we've got fringe on and yeah. <laughs> yeah i probably wouldn't have paid I to see have. it yeah. no. no 
I, I think the, the the problem is there's too much content out there now. Not, mm. not just like you got a lot of movies coming out, just like bang, bang, bang. And you think back in the in the in the past, like in the fifties, uh, 60s, 70s, and that sort of thing. The the film studios, because there was no video or anything like that, there was no way to watch these films outside of seeing them on the big screen. Yeah, they used to like vault them and then re-release them on a, like a seven year kind of cycle. Yeah, and uh, but now it's just like every year we've got movies like hundreds and hundreds of movies coming out there's too much movie content out there in the cinemas then you've got Netflix and all the other streaming services who are making stuff for those services you've got too much stuff there as well mm-hmm. it's kind of like and sometimes I just want to spend some time just reading and that sort of thing and I think we've come to this point in, in, we're in life where we've got to decide you know what we actually want to spend our time doing and then like uh, you know, allocating time to it it's just so weird this is why that's I don't a good watch segue into TV. Mary. Yeah. Because I spend that much time going and specifically watching things so we can talk about them Mm. so that at the end of the day, I often just don't – everyone's like, oh, so what do you watch on TV? And I'm like – I don't watch anything during the week unless it's a movie that I go and see for – you know, I actually don't watch, like, much TV anymore. People have been shocked for years that we don't watch free-to-air. We unplugged our aerial – I want to say – at least 10 years ago. You almost don't need to because everything you can just watch on um But 10 years up. ago it was like it, there yeah, wasn't that you couldn't much do catch that on TV and that kind yeah. of thing. And it was – well, it might have been longer. I'm just trying to think when we did it. It's, it's but been we just a long had, time, yeah. because yeah, yeah. I don't watch the news. I find it just no, like it's – I don't just, either. I, don't I stopped know, watching like, it when Trump came into mm, power. Uh, I think I've said that before. Yeah. But then when Bryce was a certain age, I just didn't want him seeing – the news because their brains are, they don't understand what they're watching. Yeah. So that can be quite scary to mm. see something like that and then go to bed and have dreams about it because they don't understand what they're looking at. Mm. So I just stopped watching the news altogether. Mm. So when people say stuff, I'm like, no, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on in the world. But the less of Trump I see, the better I feel. <laughs> so it's fine. But Mary Poppins, did you see that um, little I, – I think you put it on your Diz Down Under page of the um, Mary Poppins sliding into the bath. That was so cool. I know, because so you cool. would have thought that that would have been just them, like you'd have the beginning of them falling away and then it would be CG. Yeah. Nah. They actually had like a, a shoot, so it was just a bath filled with foam and then a shoot, and so they just went backwards down a slide. And I was just like, that's genius. That's How, so cool. I'd find that quite scary to go backwards down a slide. I think trust, once you've done trustful. it the first time. Yeah, well, that's what I was <laughs> Surprise, trustful. Surprise, trustful. Yeah. Except it's kind of planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But how cool is that? I'd have one of those in my house. It was very I'd have cool. I'd put it a second story on and then have it so like that came and then it slid down and then you landed somehow into the actual bar. That's going to be an interesting ride Two at bars. Disney one day. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe. But um, so Mary, uh, quite contrary, returns. Um, what's it called? Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins returns. returns. Yep. So that came out um, big, New, New Year's, Year's day. day. Yeah. And... This is sort of like uh, it happens 30-odd years after the original because the original happened at the turn of the century and this one's happening as the Great Depression or what did they call it? The, the big- I think they renamed it in the only way that Mary Poppins can. It was, wasn't the, the Great, great slump, or slump, slump. slump. I was yeah. going to say splat. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder if that's what they call it in England. Um, I always thought that it had been called the Great Depression the way, Everywhere. right the way around the world. So oh, I'm pretty okay. sure that it was called the Depression in New yeah. Zealand. Oh, okay. So it happens at that time. The parents have died. 
um, and um, Michael, the son, has taken over the house. Mm-hmm. His wife's also passed away and he's caring for his three it is three, isn't it? Three yep. kids. Um, and he's got a part-time job at the bank because it's all he can get and he needs the money and he's actually an artist by trade. And his sister, whoops, I keep doing that, doesn't live with them, but they. Um, she lives in an apartment. She's sort of taken up the role of her, her that her mum did, which was like the um, – her mum was a suffragette and now she her, the daughter Jane is doing like workers' union sort of stuff. So mm. it's – yeah, it's it's got a similar feel. There's lots of um, it. I think I explained it like you know, it's a little bit like The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. where I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, "This is amazing! This has got the feelings. That's what you're looking for. It mm. hits all the notes. It's got all the feelings. It feels like just a newer version of Mary Poppins, almost like a carbon copy with new songs and, but it's basically the same. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. So I wonder if the second time I watch it, whether I'm going to feel like, well, this is a bit of a cheat because you're you're playing with my emotions um, to get me to a, a really enjoy the film. But I just thought it got every single note correct and I spent the whole time with a giant smile on my face. Exactly. And I, I couldn't remove it. And some of the songs are so great. And that one about the um, the cover is great but the cover is not the book i was gonna say that was great because that was something that was completely different from the original one Mm. and i wonder whether that was a little bit naughty i wonder whether it was a little bit of a tribute to pl travers having um because i've never read the mary poppins books so i don't know whether it's maybe something from the books but i also wonder whether it was a bit of a tribute to pl travers because my understanding was that when she moved to england that she um, used to um, act in vaudeville plays. Oh, right. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think she may have. Um, um, yeah. We could both be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Knows. We're making up our own history. Yeah. But yeah, that's all right. to fact checkers. Yeah. Well, it was I, the, the first so fact So I wonder, check- but that was just such a delight and so much fun, such great use of those two actors as well. And the costumes. <sighs> Amazing. Brilliant. They looked like they had been painted on. Yeah. It was Stunning. If that doesn't get a nomination for costumes, I don't know what will. Uh, but probably some historical thing like Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big deal. We've yeah, seen it all before. You made some historical material. Well done. Yeah, exactly. There's That's history great. of that sort of stuff. But this person's made this up completely <laughs> yeah. from yeah. their brain sack. And it was so much fun. And I think that's the thing that's always so striking um, about re-watching Mary Poppins the original is that it's so much fun even though it's so old but what they bring to this one is it's a little bit more tongue-in-cheek mm. like there's a little bit more naughtiness and you can see that Mary Poppins the character is having more fun with what she's doing and sort of leading them astray and then going oh well, I don't know about that that must have oh you're getting a bit carried away there and it's just like yeah. it's really neat I think it's really cool the way that she does it do you have fact so checks fact checker? for us uh, no, I'm still still working. Although, I mean, you look at the... Uh, do you want me to fact oh, check while you guys talk? Okay. She was an actress. She was an actress. Yeah. Who am I fact checking? So, um, yeah, I, I, just think, Travis. I just think it was a, a, you know, a really good movie. But, I mean, like, I think Emily Blunt is fantastic. Mm. And she's the, the perfect choice for, for the, the role in, in Mary, of Mary Poppins. Um, she just, like, incorporates everything that's... that's good about the character and i think her character was a bit more playful yeah i think than the original the original mary poppins i think the original mary poppins was playful but just i think like you said 
it's almost like as time has gone on, she's accepted the playful side of her personality more than like I've got to be strict mm, and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. I always thought that Mary Poppins was strict but also fun at the same time. How many years since the original? Well, it was the original 1964. Was yeah. Okay. Wow. So, yo, you're talking over half a century ago and times have changed they a lot have. since then. And the way that, you know, the amount of stuff that kids know is a little bit more yeah. out there. Like you wouldn't hide like that naughtiness necessarily. Like you, mm-hmm. um, the song that you talk about in particular, it talks about her uncle having been a bit of a drunk. And so, yeah. Uh, I think there's one that. I can't remember exactly the lyrics, but it's almost it. You wouldn't understand it as a child, and even as an adult, I'm still trying to quite work it out. But it's something about the seeds and the tree, and the it's like she's still she's getting it on, and she's yeah yeah fruitful and and all that sort of stuff. You wouldn't understand it as a child, and even even as an adult, I would have to listen to that song a few times to to get what's going on. And also, they're singing really quickly yeah. as well. God, it was so good. Um, have you got more facts for well, us, darling? I, I just, I was just thinking, like um, Julie Andrews, like was they they they've interviewed her and said, why haven't you come back for for Mary Poppins Returns? And she was actually asked to come back, and her answer has been, oh, it's it's you know Emily's film, so I don't want to you know overshadow her or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. It is, mm. but the truth to it is, is that they actually wrote a scene for her, they offered it to her, and they offered her some money, and she said, no, that's not enough. Oh. oh, yeah. See oh, that? Wow. Okay. Yeah, and see that's what that's oh, kind that of. Sucks. So I always wonder whether it was something to do with her health because she had was it the throat surgery throat mm. surgery or she had was it cancer of the vocal cords or something? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I think that she was probably supposed to play the balloon lady. Yeah, mm. that's the um, one. Yeah. yeah, I assumed mm. as much, but they brought in the lady from Bread uh, Angela Lansbury <laughs> from Bed Knobs and, and Broomsticks. broomsticks. Yeah. yeah, who like her, Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. Yeah. See, to me, she's she's um, the the murder she wrote chick. She's <laughs> not the bed because I never watched that bed knobs and mm. broomsticks movie, so I don't see her as that character. But as soon as she came in, I was like, oh, I wonder whether you know Julie Andrews was supposed to do mm. this, but she couldn't actually sing because of her. But I think she can still sing, but yeah. just not as well as she used to. So yeah, I'm I'm just wondering if I thought that was the reason she didn't do the. Yeah, I, who knows? Maybe there was a whole list of reasons why she didn't do it. But, uh, yeah, it's if just... If it was about money. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad if that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, dear old beloved Julie Andrews is actually a little bit greedy. Well, and the thing is as well is like, I mean, surely you're not getting a lot of offers like on the table. I know. And this is, this is one chance to, you know, to kind of relive or be reinvolved with an iconic character that you played over 50 years ago. Why wouldn't you do it? Even if it was a background character, even if it was no lines, wouldn't you I'm want to be I'm sort of in glad it? that she wasn't in it, to be honest, because I always get slightly annoyed with cameos. Like, hey, I was in the last one. Remember when I was like 30 years younger? Check me out now. And I'm just like, you know, like in the- How do you feel about Dick Van Dyke's <laughs> cameo? Well, the thing about Dick Van Dyke's cameo is that in the last one, he also played a banker, a really old banker. He mm-hmm. played and the- in this one, he's playing the banker who's related to that really old banker. So it sort of makes- Makes sense that he would look similar. Yeah, yeah. He played the dad in the first one. And he played the son in this one. Yeah, so yeah. so that cameo sort of made sense to me. Um, whereas if she came in, it was it'd be like you're talking to the. Uh, it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. 
You know what I mean? Angela Lansbury actually took me out of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did she? Yeah. See, she didn't take – like, I'm, I, I noted the reason she was in there, but I still – I quite enjoyed it. I don't know. There was not one thing I didn't like about this I think because I knew it was getting towards the end of the movie as well, and I sort of like – I knew that there was going to be a cameo, and I just didn't know what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I still enjoyed it. Still walked out with a smile on my face. I, I loved it. And you know what? I was thinking about um, – I remember knowing that um, Meryl Streep was going to be in it. Mm. And so I was a bit like, oh, this is – I'm not comfortable with her being in it because mm. I just mm. felt like it was a bit like showy having someone so, so famous. Like I know Emily Blunt is famous, but she's playing the main role. But um, I, I loved that Topsy Turvy song. That was great. The world is turning total. <laughs> and I love the fact that they made reference to, because she's like, it's a second Tuesday, it's a second Wednesday. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because in the other one, Mary used to say, I can work every day apart from every second Tuesday. So every second Tuesday for Mary must have been like that. That's why she was saying, I can't work every second Tuesday. Mm. Because obviously the world it's turns family. turtle for mm. her. So uh, I, I quite liked that song. As well. There were a lot of great songs in this. Yeah, I never had a moment in the movie where I was like well, looking at my clock or mm. um, or my watch because I don't really carry a clock around. <laughs> you got one of those big um, run DMC clock. ones yeah. around your neck. <laughs> yeah. Has someone got a torch? I need to look at my clock. <laughs> but like, I never, like, never felt myself like time watching and I just enjoyed every song as well to the point that when we were driving home I just – downloaded the soundtrack yeah so i've listened, I've listened to, it to it a few times lewis i am um, the only song i didn't really like was the the lighting one no i love that i thought that was just such a great like way of reminding you of step in time i know i think that's why i didn't like it because uh. i felt like it was too much of a like okay well let's just redo this song and you know for this group of people. Yeah. I think that's why I didn't like it. And it's all dancey, dancey stuff. I'm like, oh, just give me the songs. I don't want to see you dance. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought the music was brilliant. Alain Manuel Miranda is just fantastic. I did mean, he write all of those songs? Yeah, pretty sure he did. Oh, really? I, I shall check. <laughs> we do this a lot. We come in very unprepared. And this is why it's good to have four of us because it means one of us fact-checked while the other talking i suppose we should wind up anyway yeah we should we should let people get back to what they need to be doing i guess um so if you want to hear more from us so you guys actually have the radio show playing live every thursday what time is that six to seven on radio Fremantle 107.9 fm but you can actually listen to it online streaming as well or you can listen to the archive streaming mm-hmm. but you know since you're listening to this as a podcast format, you are probably listening to Unscripted as a podcast format. And if that's the case, if you can um, rate, review, subscribe, all of those beautiful things, and you can do that with Tangent City as well. And, of course, with Diz Down Under, which is all things Disney-related, and you get to go on Disney adventures with Cat and Lou because uh, they do lots of, of uh Disney adventures. Some may say too much. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So you can head over to the gentleman of popculture.com. That's where everything's stored. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to, before you finish up, I've got to retract. Uh, it Ooh. was actually uh, lyrics by Scott Whitman and Mark uh, Sherman. Sharman. 
Not Sherman. So Lin Manuel <laughs> Miranda was just the, the, just, just the singing actor. dude. Just an actor. He was just that. Yeah. yeah. Do the, the acting awesome. thing. He's like, no, nah, I've written a few songs. I'm right. <laughs> so he did Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Mm. All right. Should we wrap it up? Sounds we should. Good. Say bye-bye. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.